about Star Trek. My name is Christian Fox, and this is a show where I yell at you about all things Star Trek for your amusement, so I'm not yelling at my friends and family who don't want to hear my thoughts and theories on this fantastic franchise. Today, I want to really honor Nichelle Nichols' memory and have a more in-depth discussion about the legacy that she left behind and everything that she's meant to me, other Trekkies, and basically to everyone's whose lives she's touched. So I really just want to focus on that today. I was able to do a short video earlier this week, which if you missed it, you can check it out on my Yelling About Star Trek YouTube channel. And I was very happy with it, but it was very short. So today I really want to have a longer in-depth discussion about Nichelle Nichols. Now, before I continue, I do want to say, hey, I'm wearing a hat today which you might be wondering, why is Christian Fox wearing a hat? He doesn't usually wear a hat. And of course, that's only if you're watching the video version of this. Then if you're listening to the audio, you wouldn't know that I was wearing a hat. But I had a sunburn last weekend and now recovering from that. And the skin is doing all kinds of sunburn-related things. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to wear a hat because I don't need to expose everyone to the joys of a sunburn. So that is why I'm wearing a hat. But that's enough of that, and as usual, before we get into everything, make sure you get out of your space pajamas, put on your shiny pair of boots, get a cup of coffee, get a cup of tea, maybe some iced tea if you want to pull the Archer Maneuver, and instead of bracing for impact today, put in your communication earpiece and open up hailing frequencies, because we are going to have a discussion about Nichelle Nichols. And fair warning, it might get a little bit mushy. I might cry. Maybe not. But this is obviously a pretty sensitive topic for a lot of us because this is recent and we're all still grappling with the loss that is Nichelle Nichols. And the first thing I want to discuss when thinking about Nichelle Nichols and Uhura is what she meant personally to me. Now, keep in mind, I was born in 1991, so I'm now 31 years old. And let me tell you, turning 30 was amazing. 31, which is kind of, okay, all right, we're still doing it. We're still here. It's fine. But the reason I bring up my age is because when I first started watching Star Trek and I started watching the original series and I saw Hura on screen, I wasn't like, I wasn't blown away by Uhura being on the ship. To me, it was just, oh, it's Uhura. She's the communications officer. That's her role on the ship. I wasn't really aware until much later in life of just how significant her being on the show was and what it meant to so many people of color and so many visible minorities who were like, hey, I've never seen someone in Uhura's position on a TV show because usually it was always, oh, if there was a black character, that character would be a maid or a servant or would have some sort of menial role not to be a main character on a TV show, not just a main character, but within the universe to be high up in rank and position and not just to be a lieutenant because that's already pretty impressive, but she was the communications officer, which meant she had a vital role to the ship. So to be perfectly honest, I wasn't really aware of that legacy and what her being on Star Trek meant for so many people. And I think part of the reason that I wasn't really aware of it was because of how important she was. Now, let me explain. This might sound a little bit strange. Like, wait, how could you not know something if it was so important? 
Well, I think because she was so pivotal and foundational to people of color and visible minorities to to be on TV and to be in a position that she is, I now live in a world where that's not as uncommon. Granted, we still have a long way to go and we're still making lots of improvements. And even in the 90s, television isn't where it was today and it's not where we want it to be even now. But Growing up in the 90s, I wasn't really surprised to see a character who was black or a visible minority on a TV show in such a substantial role. It was just something that I would never even question. There was never a time where I was like, huh, how come there's not enough people of color or visible minorities on on Star Trek and not enough people that look like me? And just to provide even more context... I'm actually Dominican, so I am a visible minority, and I was adopted at a very young age, a few months old, if I'm not mistaken, maybe nine months old, and my family, they're Caucasian, never felt out of place in my family, felt very loved, and just, I'm so thankful every day that I had the mom that I had, I had grandparents, and just everybody who loved me, and I will just never, ever not be thankful for that. But watching TV, I never really felt like, gee whiz, I wish there were more people that looked like me because there were people that looked like me. And granted, it wasn't as common as it is today, but it wasn't something that I actively felt like I had to worry about. It was something that really stood out to me. So Uhura was just someone on Star Trek who had a really cool job. That's all I thought about it. And I think, again, because that's all I thought about it was just the legacy and just shows the importance of what she did because she was able to pave the way in the 60s for other people of color and visible minorities to be on TV and to have more significant roles. So by the time I'm born in the 90s, it's not as uncommon. And it's not like, oh my gosh, whoa. It's just like, okay, yeah, I expect that. Yeah, that seems that checks out. Uh, again, I, I don't want to keep dwelling on the fact that even in the 90s, we're not where we are today. and Even today, we're not where we want to be. But I, I just want to acknowledge that. So I'm not coming off as saying that, oh, in the 90s, everything was great because of, of what happened in the 60s and because of Uhura. It still wasn't perfect, but it was a huge far cry from where we were in the 60s. So by me not fully being surprised by her presence on Star Trek, I think just speaks to the fact that through her actions and through what Star Trek did, it created a world where I would not be surprised by it. And, you know, and hearing other people talk about it, people like Whoopi Goldberg and saying that, well, she was shocked the first time she saw Uhura and she had to call everyone because like, look, there's a black woman and she's not a, she's not a servant. She's not a maid. Uh, I think it's just so touching and something that I wasn't aware of, but really truly appreciate understanding that now and even when I was younger. I, I would say probably, if I'm going to date myself, probably 2004 was when I started to really be aware of what Uhura actually meant and why Nichelle Nichols being in Star Trek was so significant. That was probably the same year that I started reading about slavery and you know the civil rights movement, all of that stuff. So it was really around that time that I started to become fully aware of of that. And, I, and I'd say 2004, that was when I was in grade seven. And, you know, so depending on your age, that could either be really young or really old. If you're older than me, you might go, man, that kid's a youngling. Like, I can't believe he was in grade seven in 2004. And if you're much younger than me, you might go, oh, man, that guy's old. Grade seven in 2004, that's ancient time. So I don't know why I'm going off on a tangent about that, but that's basically 
when I started to become more aware of the civil rights movement and really the impact that Nichelle Nichols had on television and why her being in Star Trek was so significant. So it's one of those things I'll just, I'll never forget. And I love that this is something that actually happened in real life. This is a real person. Nichelle Nichols literally changed the foundation of television through Star Trek. And I I can't tell you the number of times I've met other Trekkies who were inspired by Uhura and Nichelle Nichols' portrayal of Uhura. There's women out there who are now in the sciences because of Uhura. And, And I think that's so incredible. And it's just so amazing that Nichelle Nichols left this legacy behind. Not every actor can do that. And even the best actors might leave a legacy behind like, okay, they were really great movies and everybody loved them for how good they were at acting. But not a lot of actors can say that, oh, they changed the foundation of Hollywood and they changed race relations. And so it's just, it's remarkable. And I'm going to go off on another tangent, but it's not just Whoopi Goldberg, but it was Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King was a Trekkie and was a fan of Nichelle Nichols. And it was because of him that she decided to stay on Star Trek. And that is so incredible to think that someone like Martin Luther King saw what she was doing and saw the importance of what she was doing and encouraged her to to stay in Star Trek. That to me is amazing. Again, not every single actor has that legacy. Not every incredible actor has that legacy. And this is something that we'll just never forget and something that we will always, always remember. Now, I do want to get into not a negative aspect, but I do want to have the conversation about Uhura's role and especially how she was in the original series. Because at the time, again, it was very remarkable and incredible that she was on Star Trek in the position that she was in. But looking at it from today's standards, You can't help but feel like, okay, maybe she wasn't given the most to do because she was essentially hailing ships, opening and closing communications frequency, and she wasn't given a ton to do beyond that. So it's one of those things where I, as a viewer now, have a really tough time only looking at it within the context of the 60s, and I'm always going to bring in my biases that I have today because of what I know about television and what I know about how characters should be treated and what kind of, not roles, but what they should be given to do in a series. So when I look at Uhura in the original series, I can't help but apply my 2022 lens onto a show that was made in 1966. So I I do have that bias. And, And through that bias, it's like, again, I can't help but wonder, okay, could she have been given more to do? And did she get what she deserved? Did she deserve more? Personally, I think she did. But again, and I keep saying again because there are so many things I have to keep going back to, but trying to go beyond my 2022 bias and looking at it for what it was and when it was made, it was remarkable. It was remarkable what she was given. The fact that she had a position on the bridge of a starship and one of the most important starships in Star Trek history, probably the most important, and it wasn't technically a flagship at the time in the original series, that was more of a TNG thing. But even then, it was still the pride and joy of Starfleet. So she was really high up, had an amazing position, and she outranked people. 
So that was incredible. And looking back on one episode, Mirror Mirror, where you know, where Captain Kirk and the rest of the gang get beamed over to the evil universe. And there's a scene on the bridge, which I'll actually get to a bit later, but there's a scene where she has to do something. I can't remember exactly what she has to do. And she tells some random white guy, like, let's be clear, this guy was a white character. And he said, and she said to him, hey, take over for me. I got to go do something. And then he responded like, yes, ma'am, or something. And then sat down and took over her position. So she was ordering people around. We never got to see that in the in the main universe, in the good universe, but we got to see it in Mirror Mirror. We got to see her ordering a subordinate around, a white guy, which is huge. Again, this is something that I don't think people had seen before. And so when you stop and think about it, it's like, whoa, she was ordering someone around, but a white person around. That's kind of a big deal. And even within the series, and even though I don't think she was always given the most to do, there were some really stand-up moments where you're like, okay, I know why Uhura's on the bridge of the Enterprise. I know why she's the communications officer, because she was totally badass. So, and I also should say that the moments I want to talk about are ones I've already spoken about in my previous video. So again, if you missed it, check it out. Uh, It's on my YouTube channel, Yelling About Star Trek. And the first moment that I think really comes to mind that shows as how badass Uhura is and how incredible her time on the Enterprise was, was from the episode Who Mourns for Adonis. And that's the episode where Captain Kirk and the rest of the gang encounter Apollo, who is really the Greek god Apollo, but it turns out that the Greek gods are actually aliens. So he's there, he's causing trouble. And of course, it's Captain Kirk and the usual landing party, Chekhov, and Scotty and some other people are down on the planet. And he creates a force field, which they can't penetrate. So they had to figure out what to do. And then so Spock orders Uhura to try and take over and try to solve this problem. And she's able to do that. She works with Sulu and they get stuff done and they're able to save the day because she's able to break through the force field, which is huge. It wasn't that Spock was working on it. Spock was doing other stuff. Spock had Uhura doing it. And it was one of those things where it's like only Uhura could do it. And the fact that she was able to do it just says how amazing she is, because usually that's a Spock thing. Spock is the guy that's going to break through the force field or do whatever sciencey thing needs to be done. Or it might be uh, Scotty who's going to figure that stuff out. It's not usually Uhura, and it's not usually the other characters. But in this episode, it's Uhura who did the sciencing and figured things out and got things done until they were able to fire their phasers through the force field and destroy the um, the generator that was causing all of the mayhem and uh, they were able to do that and sail away so that is a pretty huge thing for uhura and i think that should not be overlooked it doesn't get talked about a lot but it's one of those moments where you're like okay yep yep that's uhura that's uhura everybody round of applause for uhura because she just saved the day i think it's great the second episode i want to talk about is the one i've just talked about mirror mirror and it really just shows you how great Uhura is at adapting to the situation. Uhura and Kirk and and uh, Dr. McCoy and Scotty, they're all beamed over to the evil universe, the Terran Empire, and they all have to adapt to, okay, well, we're surrounded by savages. We're good guys. How do we deal with all these people who just want to go and kill other people and that are super awful? How do we deal with that? And you, you expect that Kirk is going to do it because it's Captain Kirk and he does everything perfectly. 
But there's always a little bit of doubt with Ahura. Like, okay, Ahura isn't always given the most to do. Can she adapt to it? And she does very quickly. She has a slight panic where where Kirk is like, all right, you got to go do this, Ahura. And then she snaps right into it and she gets stuff done. And the scene in the episode, I think, is such a standout for her is when she's talking to evil Sulu. Basically, she's trying to distract him so uh, Kirk and the rest of the gang can do their security. They are not their security stuff, but they can do stuff that is going to register on Sulu's security board. And so Uhura has to stall Sulu and uh, prevent him from seeing the light flash on his board. So she goes over there. She starts to like act a little bit um, flirty in an evil kind of way. And then when he gets a little bit too handsy, she changes her mind in quotes because she says, I've changed my mind. And she wields a knife at him. And it's like, whoa, that is a super badass. No, we've never seen Uhura behave that way. And you expect, okay, it's Sulu's going to have the power in the situation. He's the superior officer. He's the guy. So you think, okay, it's the 60s. But then Uhura steps into it. And doesn't have to be saved. She's the one that does the saving. Usually it will be Kirk that'll come in and save Uhura. But no, she saves the day again. Without Uhura distracting Sulu, they would not have been able to get the job done. I can't remember specifically what they were trying to do, but it was something that would register on Sulu's security board. So the fact that she was able to step in, wield the knife at him, put him in his place, and save the day is huge. Or at least not save the day, but make it so the other characters could get what they needed to do done so that they could eventually get home. And I think that is so cool that you have a woman of color pointing a knife at another guy and, and it's believable. And it's something that the, that the directors and producers all thought, okay, this is something that would be great. And it shows that the character is really adaptable. She's someone that can be put into a really terrifying situation and get stuff done and be able to handle herself so that she can do what she needs to do. And I think it's brilliant. And now the final thing I want to talk about, because there's a lot of Uhura moments, but the big one that I want to talk about comes from my favorite movie of all time, Star Trek, The Voyage Home. And yes, that is the one with the whales. And in that movie, they have to go back in time to get the whales and bring them forward in time and drop them off and hope they tell the probe what it could do with itself. And as I realize, as I'm describing the plot, I'm slipping into my Dr. McCoy impression. I love quoting that line. It never gets old for me. But early on in the movie, when they get the distress call from Earth and then they hear the probe's transmission, everybody's kind of like, what does this mean? We don't understand the probe. What is it trying to say? And then... Spock is like, well, it seems to be pointed at Earth's oceans. And Kirk gets this idea like, oh, if we could hear what the probe sounds like underwater, we might be able to understand what the probe is saying. And so he's like, Uhura, can you uh, account for density and some other stuff? And then instantly she picks it up right away and is like, oh, I know what he wants me to do. He wants me to, to translate the probe or to make it sound as if it was underwater, if that makes sense. And so she's able to do it in about, what, 30 seconds? She presses a few buttons, you hear some sounds, and then she gets it. Not only is that an incredible feat because that's such a complex thing to do, and not only does she do it super fast, but she did it on the Klingon Bird of Prey. And that, to me, is something that is so incredible because, as we know, Klingons, they're a warrior race. They're all about combat, and yes, they do have scientists, and yes, they do have doctors, 
but scientists aren't generally highly regarded in their society. So the Klingon bird of prey is not a science ship. It's a ship that is built for combat. So it probably very likely has very limited sensors and very limited scientific exploration abilities and equipment. So it's kind of impressive that Uhura was able to use uh, the Klingon technology to do something very sciencey and something that is so specific, something that I could believe for doing on the Enterprise. But it's just like, whoa, you'd have to be incredibly skilled to get that done on the Klingon Bird of Prey. And again, it's Uhura saving the day because without her doing that, it's very likely that Kirk and Spock would not have been able to figure out that the call was related to whales and they would not have had the idea to go back in time to go get whales in the past. So it's because of Uhura that Earth is saved and that the rest of Star Trek can continue. So it's amazing. It can't be understated how valuable she was in that movie. And again, I have to point out, it was on a Klingon ship, not a ship that was meant for exploration. I can't say it. Exploration. Everybody got that? Exploration. Nailed it. And I paused. It was a weird pause. It's fine. So incredible. I, I just, I love that she's able to do that. And I love that she's able to do so much in the series, even when she wasn't always given the most to do. And the last thing I want to talk about today are the other Uhuras. We have Uhura in Star Trek 2009, Into Darkness, Star Trek Beyond. And then we have Uhura in Strange New Worlds. And those Uhura are the Uhuras that I think Nichelle Nichols should have been given, but couldn't because, well, it was the 60s and it was a different time. And those Uhuras are amazing. They're constantly not only saving the day, but they're just showing other characters how good they are with languages. Like there's that one scene in Star Trek 2009 where they have to intercept, or not intercept, but they're intercepting some Romulan communications. And then uh, Captain Pike is like, hey, uh, can you understand those? And then the the chief communications officer is like, uh, I, I can't really distinguish between them. I'm sorry. And then Uhura says, oh, yeah, I can do that. And she does it. And it's incredible. It's amazing. And so you get moments like that. You get Uhura in Strange New Worlds, who is just learning how to do everything. And she really does solve the problem in the second episode where she figures out that, oh, this weird communication, the signal, it's like music. And once they figure that out, then they're able to um, advance the plot and um, I believe activate the asteroid, if I'm not mistaken. I need to rewatch that episode. But she's able to do something so brilliant. And then we get to see her in other uh, positions kicking ass and taking names. And it's amazing. And while I wish Nichelle Nichols Uhura could have gotten that, it's because of Nichelle Nichols and Uhura that we are able to get these Uhuras now and the Uhura that Nichelle Nichols should have been given and deserved. But even though she didn't get that, she made it possible. It's because of her legacy and her work in Star Trek that made these other Star Trek characters possible. And it is incredible. And I'll just say some final words before I go, that it's incredibly heartbreaking that that Nichelle Nichols has passed. We're all going to miss her. I know that our family must be having an incredibly difficult time and my thoughts go out to them and I hope they can get all the support and comfort that they need. And she may no longer be with us now, but honestly, her legacy as Uhura will live on forever 
and she will never, ever be forgotten. What about you? What does Uhura mean to you? What are some of your favorite Uhura moments? Let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Also, let me know what you like and what you don't like about the show, because ultimately my goal is to make a podcast that you enjoy listening to and watching. And in the paraphrased words of Captain Kirk, I shall see you out there that away.